Welcome to Sports Talk on a Tuesday. We are creeping closer to the start of football for Illinois, and that'll be a big topic today. How you doing, everybody? I am Scott Beatty, and Lauren Tate is here as well on News Talk 1400-93.9 FM. And we go till 6 o'clock tonight. Joining us on the program, Robert Rosenthal, IlliniBoard.com, at Illini on Twitter, and he'll uh, be with us here in studio to get geared up for the opener. Next hour, a little insight on the Illini opponent, the Wyoming Cowboys. Ryan Thorburn writes for the Casper Star Tribune out in Wyoming. Casper. And he's the friendly ghost. He will uh, uh, join us and help us get to know a little bit about those Cowboys. How you doing, buckaroo? <laughs> <laughs> well... I, I hope they don't bring their entire population <laughs> from the state of Wyoming, whether 600,000. With, with the walk-on program, they could. <laughs> <laughs> it is this, the least populous state in the nation. Uh, but they've had a pretty good football program there. And of course, produced a, an NFL Super Bowl quarterback in Josh Allen last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, good things have come out of there. Well, we're going to see what Peasley can do. He's a transfer from Utah State. Everywhere I look up, I see Penix is going to start. Former Indiana quarterback is going to start for Washington. This, You know, you say as if you know for certain who Wyoming's going to start, but yet well, their, their, their depth chart that they released had yeah. a TBA. Yeah, so so under, does ours. Yeah. Like yeah. we don't know that it's going to be Peasley against DeVito, do we? You don't know that. No, nope. you don't. Won't know till Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, it's it's good. It isn't going to help anybody. I mean, it doesn't matter what you say. We, both coaches know what they're what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, I mean, both coaches know what the other coach is going to do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, glad uh, glad you're along with us for the ride today. If you want, you can e uh, you can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. And uh, we can maybe squeeze in a phone call or two on the lines there as well. 217-356-9397. Not a whole lot going on here locally today. We did get to meet with uh, some of the players and coaches today uh, building up, including Illini running back Chase Brown. Asked about whether he's thinking about another 1,000-plus yard season. You know, I see a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, totally aware of what I did last year and um, it's just something to build off of but you know what I'm focused on right now is you know how we can go into the season as you know the best team possible because I know as long as we play good football good complimentary football week in week out I'm gonna get my yards I'm gonna get the touches it's, it's just it's all about getting wins and um, you know taking it one week at a time focusing on the moment. Good man. Of course he wants more than 1,000 yards again. Who doesn't? Well, all he has to do basically is stay healthy, I would say. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll do that if, if he stays healthy. And, and, and the reason I say if he stays healthy, and running backs are, take a lot of blows, and it's, it's hard to stay healthy. And we've only had two running backs in history that have done it in multiple years, 1,000 yards in multiple years. 
Just two. It's a rare feat, and yeah. it's, it is the most injury-prone position in, well, in the NFL and in, I would venture to college football. Uh, yeah. So, you know, but he, he is his healthiest ever. And he, he talked about how he's feeling in a vastly different mode this year than he did a year ago. We don't talk enough ago. about Illinois' running game because this is a, this is an asset on the team that we we're constantly worried about ba- uh, passing and completing passes, and that's really important. And if for no other reason than to set up the running game, but Illinois will be essentially a running ba- running team. I mean, that's what they want to be, and they just want to get enough passes in there to keep the running game going. Now, of course, Josh McCray is the the yin to Chase Brown's yang. Uh, with Chase Brown, kind of your um, speedy back, and McCray with some speed, but obviously he's a bit of a bowling ball mm-hmm. and can just kind of bruise through you. They like Reggie Love as another option back there, and uh, Chase Hayden has been around the block now. He's a senior, hasn't had a lot of action, but remember played for Brett Pilma at Arkansas when he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he could contribute, and if... Uh, you know, if healthy, they like Aiden Lawfrey as a he's a true freshman, um, the Gibson City product, and Jordan Anderson, another bruiser. But they're both freshmen. I think they'd just as soon not uh, use up eligibility on those two. Not many freshmen are going to play more than four games in more than four games because you can redshirt them. And I, I don't see I, I think there might be a couple, um, but uh, maybe three or four that would play more than that. And they'll have to prove themselves along the way in order to get more than the four games. But uh, no more free years like we've had with the pandemic in the future. The other corner spot for Illinois. Devin Witherspoon is a bona fide starter, of course, but who is the other corner? Defensive backs coach Aaron Henry weighed in on that. Well, um, I think they've, they've been rising to the um, level of practice each and every practice. You know, um, between Taz, between Terrell Jennings, between Tyler Strain and um Tyson Rooks, they've all been doing a great job pushing each other, pushing Spoon. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and exciting when you guys find out on game day who that who that other starter is opposite of Spoon. But um, I'm very confident about every last one of those dudes. To be completely honest with you, um, all of them have made plays during spring ball. Um, I mean, my fault during fall camp. I'm sorry, living in spring ball a little bit during fall camp. Um, we had a we had an interception leaderboard that we keep um, track of during fall camp, and Tyson Rooks ended up winning it. Um, he ended up winning it on the last day. He had um, two picks the last day, you know. So he's been doing really well. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely proud of all those young guys. Um, extremely proud of Terrell Jennings. It's just a, it's a really healthy, good competition right now. And I think anytime you have that um, at your position, I think throughout the course of the season you're able to build up. Giving us a red herring there by mentioning a freshman is a cornerback potential, or is that a legitimate option? Well, Tyson I, Rooks I, I'm talking about. I doubt that Tyson Rooks is going to be anywhere near starting, but you, the thing they have to do is bring along some of these young players because there's a big gap in there. they got some old players and they got some real young players in the secondary, and they're going to lose Brown and they're going to lose Smith, and who knows if Witherspoon will be good enough to turn pro. I don't know. I, maybe that's marginal, but... The point is that they've got they've got to be filling in some slots in the secondary after this year. Yeah, well, Ryan Walters, Illini defensive coordinator, was actually asked about whether backups will be playing on Saturday against Wyoming. You can listen to his response. No, you know, in in my mind, you got your your starters, and those guys are going to play. You know, um, you know, Sidney Brown is going to play until Sidney Brown can't play. You know what I mean? Um, and if the game allows or, or 
it, it's needed that Matt goes in there, then he's in my mind he's ready to go. Um, so those guys got to prepare like they're starters. Um, but having a, a set rotation in, in my room specifically, um, there, there is no set rotation. It's the, the guys that are, are going to play are going to play. Um, and, if, and if somebody needs a blow or, or something happens, then the next guy's got to be ready to go in there. You we, know, we shouldn't be thinking about anything other than just winning this game, whatever it takes to win. If you reach the fourth quarter and you've got a 25-point lead, that's a whole different story. Yep. But <laughs> listen, this could, uh, this could be a disaster if you don't win because you're expected to win. And if you don't win this game, you're going to lose the crowd entirely. Last I heard, Illinois 10-point favorite uh, mm-hmm. against Wyoming Cowboys. And you're right. Uh, that has been the other topic of conversation this week is getting fans back in the stands. Uh, Illinois is making every effort it can to figure out how to accomplish that besides winning football games. But we all know that's the major factor mm-hmm. that will draw people. But even amongst winning programs across the nation, they're not seeing quite as many as they used to. Well, everybody's dropping. There's no question everybody's dropping. It's awful easy to watch football from home, particularly uh, if you got it used to it during the pandemic. And it's just hard to get the people come back. And plus the fact... The crowds are older everywhere. We're not getting enough young people out to the games. That's just a case of, you know, across the country. Yep. A little bit of college basketball recruiting news. Uh, Illini target Amani Hansberry will announce on Sunday mm-hmm. his decision. And Illinois is among his top options, his top five. Also Auburn, Miami, Penn State, and Virginia Tech. Those he's, are his top five. He's another uh, wing. They've got a lot of wings, don't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that team is mostly wings, and that's fine. They've got to have some young ones because chances are uh, Meyer and, and, uh, and Shan will be gone after this year. Yeah. Chances are. Is Meyer done with eligibility anyway? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Shannon's got two. Yeah, but maybe, he's, maybe he wants to be a one-and-done here. Well, I mean, they all want to be one and done. They all, every player in the country wants to be so good that he has to turn pro. That's what I said when I came here. I said, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll be a board operator here for a year, but then after that I'm going to when ESPN. W, when WGN calls, there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said, but, you know. So every year I'm one and done, just so you know, unless, unless I don't find any opportunities. <laughs> I sat in a, in a room, and I applied for a job up there in Chicago one time many years ago when I was doing television, and basically they said, no, you've got a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of uh, not being one and done, yesterday was your 66th anniversary of working at the News Gazette. And it was? subsequently here, yes. Is that right? That's what people say. Well, that's, that's about right. Yeah, oh. I, I came in in August. Yep, August 22nd apparently was your first day. 1966. Yep. I took a train from Wichita. They still have trains now. Uh-huh. They took st- a train from Wichita to Hammond, wrote a goodbye column in Hammond, and drove down here and wrote a hello column in Champaign. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously you were from here. Did, did you, you probably got this question a million times, but I actually don't know the answer. Did you figure you were here for your career, or did you have eyes on, well, I want to get to a bigger market someday? I don't, I, I don't think I was necessarily wanted to get to a bigger market, although I did I did apply once in, at uh, WGN. Mm-hmm. As you and, mentioned, yeah. And they, the first thing they were going to do is, is I would have been weekend backup and had to cover news for three days. So I, I wasn't 
into the news for three days. I'm strictly a sports guy. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm just a jock. I don't need to get into it. But uh, it, it didn't go beyond the one day. I mean, I was up there, and when they s- explained to me what it would be, and I would, not that I would have gotten it, but, but uh, when they explained to me what it would be, I thought, I don't want to do that. Yep. Well, I'm glad you didn't want to, <laughs> because right now you'd be on television. And by, I wouldn't have been on the air. I, I would. Oh, been, I would. Have, I was just. I would have been a news gatherer for those days. What? 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 When was this? Maybe still in the '60s or? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So late, they didn't late, ask you anything about your about the website. Late, late '60s. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Facer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Deadly Sins That Could Wreck Your Life Plan. Join Thorpe Facer and Facer Law Office at the iHotel and Conference Center tomorrow, August 24th at 1.30 p.m. Reserve your space by calling Facer Law Office at 337-1111. That's 337-1111. Robert Rosenthal, IlliniBoard.com, joins us in a moment. Monty Hanford. Yes, possibly, and you might know on Sunday at 2 p.m. when Amani Hansberry makes a decision on the 24-7, the 247 Sports YouTube channel. That's how the young'uns do it these days, Lauren. Well, folks are, uh, people in the business are creating the impression that he's going to come to Illinois. Uh, he's got several that have said they expect him to, so we're, our hopes are definitely up in this case. This isn't just a... You know, a long shot. This is one a case where I think Illinois is favored. Is Rob, that this Sunday? That is this Sunday. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was going to be in September. I I don't pay. This is not basketball time for me. This is. Uh, you yeah, know, I thought he uh, said I'm, September I'm, too. too. I'm too. Know. I'm too buried deep in football. To yeah, pay we attention. can't. We could not uh, dislodge you from That's right. football in any shape or form. Robert Rosenthal is that voice there. He is the publisher of IlliniBoard.com, self-titled fanalist of Illinois football. So, how do you sleep this week? <laughs> uh, I I slept pretty good last night because I finished my big preview and I was yes. as mentally exhausted as I've the ever manifesto. Been. Yes, I have. Yes, I got it all down on on chiseled onto uh, the over under on twenty five thousand words. Uh, see, here is the funny thing. So this year, I start with the opening. I am like, I am not going to do the stupid twenty five thousand dollar word. Like it's or twenty five thousand words. It's too much. It's Nobody reads that far. I'm going to shorten it this year. Here's why it's going to be shorter. And then I ended up being over 20,000 words. <laughs> Just over 20,000 words. It's like 20,203 words. Yeah, but now, I mean, that's what uh, <laughs> Google Docs counts that. They have the little, you hit the little format thing. It says, oh, tools, word counter. And then it tells you how many words are in the document. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, the beauty of... Uh, a being in a digital space and B being your own boss is you yes. can make it as long or short as you have to. You Correct. don't have to. And Lauren, you know, right. said, "Well, I only get so many inches." Right. Right. Well, I'm going to write shorter this week. I got less time. <laughs> <laughs> Too <laughs> much game golf. Will be over till about six thirty. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Yes. Yep. See, I don't have to worry about that either. I can just you know publish at three in the morning or three in the afternoon. Well, what have you seen so far, Robert? That makes you think one <clears> thing or another. Uh, the biggest, I mean, we got to watch that one practice, which was nice. We didn't mm-hmm. get that last year. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of impressed that the offensive line looks. You know, a year ago, right now, we weren't. We were thinking that the 2022 offensive line would look really, really thin. You know, the five seniors last year, and but how do you, you know, how do you know? I mean, I, I feel the same way you do. I think yep. you know they're they're long, they're big, they're strong, they're experienced for the most part. 
Right. Uh, how how do you know they're going to be? Uh, I mean, there's too many new faces up there. Yes, it's a good question. And you know, if they do look good, does that mean your first string defensive line is really bad because you're blocking yourself and and everything else? I mean, we said previously the line was good because he had so much experience. Now yes. you got two junior college players starting at the guards, maybe, yep. and a center who's never played center. Yep. I thought they would look way more disorganized. If you remember when we got to watch all of camp in like 2017. When they were working the freshmen in into the rotation, working the new guys into the rotation in 2017, it was a mess, that camp. Like, just missed assignments and coaches throwing hats because guys are coming unblocked into the backfield and that type of thing. Uh, you know, again, we only saw one practice, but it was a lot more organized than I expected. You know, I'm not, I, I don't think this line will be better than last year. Uh, I, I don't think there's, you know, when you lose, you know, if you get two guys drafted, Julian or, or Vidarian Lowe and, and Doug Kramer drafted, it's hard to replace two guys who are, you know, go off to the NFL and plus a third starter. So um, I, I think it'll be a step back. I was worried that it would be a huge step back, like a what are they going to do? And so, you know, thankfully, I mean, it sounds like Virginia is dealing with that. They lost six offensive linemen. They have a seventh guy. Their one guy who had playing experience last year got injured. And so they are, uh, you know, like a team like Virginia is the one who's probably going to be dealing with this. Oh man, this this could sink the season. I have a couple of questions about freshmen, and we were actually talking about this during the break as carryover from last segment because Aaron Henry, Illinois defensive backs coach, mentioned uh, Tyson Rooks as somebody kind of in that mix for the starting position at cornerback opposite Devin Weatherspoon. I really don't think Tyson Rooks is going to be the starter. As a true freshman, comma, but uh, one question is, do coaches, do you suspect that coaches sprinkle in these true freshman names throughout camp to just throw us off the scent? Or are they really trying to let you know that, hey, these guys are possibly significant contributors and or on the uh, depth chart? I have always looked at it as coaches will, you know, coaches like to support their players on the media. You know, Brad Underwood is a great example of this. He's going to get up in front of the media and tell us that Matisse Vasile is one of the best passers he's ever seen, you know, from a post position and this and that. He will talk about their good attributes and this and that. Does that mean anything? No. Did Matisse Vasile ever play anything else? No. You know, it was, it was just a coach supporting his player. So there's a lot of that in it. You know, you just, got all over a guy at practice and maybe you want to build him back up in the media with some good quotes of like, Hey, he's really going hard and, and this type of thing. I, you know, as, as Lauren has said many times, you're not going to have a coach get up and say like, man, these guys, whew. I mean, I guess old school, maybe back in the sixties or seventies, you'd interview a coach and he'd say, man, my line well, is if terrible. You were out on the field and you saw things happen out there and you were at practice and you go after, he won't do that. Right. I mean, but they know we haven't seen it, and they're going to say something good about all 110 players. Yes. If you ask about any of one of that 110, he's really looking good. As they should. Yes. I mean, that's their job. Absolutely. Yes. I, I sure. don't have any problem with that. I just yep. don't believe them. Right, right. <laughs> yes, it has to all be met with a wheel seat. And it's, it's perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, all across the country is doing the same thing. That's right. That leads me to my next question, which is, are you really interested in – the Indiana travel roster. Is that really a clue is as to who's kind of seriously uh, possible contributors uh, versus who's, yeah, no, they're, they're definitely on the Devo team. They're definitely on the scout 
I mean, somewhat. I mean, they expanded the uh, travel roster from 74. 70 to 74 in 2018. So if you have 85 scholarship guys, now you're only leaving 11 at home. You know, gosh, some of Lovey's teams when he was, you know, over, you know, turning over the roster and there was that 25 per class cap. You know, there was one one year I think I had 77 scholarship players. So more or less you're bringing everybody on them. So it's not as what it used to be. You know, I think it used to be actually 63 and then it went to 70. So uh, I, I don't know if we learned that much from it. I think the where we're really, really going to learn – uh, about some of these freshmen is who's on special teams on Saturday. Like if you see, you see a freshman linebacker who's out there on the opening kickoff on coverage, that's usually a sign that that's someone working their way into the rotation and that type of thing. We saw it last, we've seen it so many times where, you know, Tariq Barnes is out there for the very first, uh, snap as a freshman, uh, playing, you know, on special teams. And it's like, okay, well, they must really like this kid. They're getting him ready to, to get on the field. So more than travel rosters, that's what I watch for is, is special teams, especially coverage teams are where they get guys on the field first. Robert Rosenthal with us. Texter Rick says, Hey guys, with the portal being so prevalent, mm-hmm. will the red shirt become an afterthought? Also, congratulations, Lauren and go Illini. The congratulations to your anniversary, Lauren, which I said <laughs> was 66 years and it's 56 years. This but at my, this point, this is my 57th year yes. covering Illinois football. But plus or minus 10 years in that span is a, you know, yeah. statistically insignificant, I'm sure. Yeah. No, uh, but anyway. I can't remember that far back anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just said it wrong before. Neither, either way, uh, a, a, a celebratory moment. But the four game red shirt rule. Um, is it become a an afterthought because of the, the portal? The answer that's no. The freshmen are still going to be considered for redshirting. Yeah, I would the agree freshmen, with that. Certainly. Yeah, and I would I would even say like look at how this staff has immediately tried to max out the years of every player they can. Um, they you know. Again, go back to the Iowa thing, the Wisconsin thing, the K-State thing. You know, go back to Josh Whitman saying that in the very first press conference. I looked for a coach who could build our program like those programs were built, and he was at all three, learning from Bill Snyder, learning from Hayden Fry, learning from Barry Alvarez. Um, you know, that's something that they really believe in, especially like K-State. Like 23-year-olds are really good at football. Uh, you know, a 23-year-old two-star is sometimes better than a 19-year-old five-star. And, you know, if we can be a developmental program and be really mature, let's do it. So, you know, this staff from the moment they got here said, let's get as many guys that sixth year as we possibly can. Let's get everybody that's, you know, not every school lists the roster like Illinois does, where every player in the roster is listed as if their COVID year is still being added. Other schools in the Big Ten just Okay, yeah, you're a senior this year, and then if you want to use that COVID bonus year, yes, we'll we'll add a year of eligibility. Well, Illinois lists that guy as a junior. They say, okay, look, we're going to try and max out as many years from these guys. So I think you'll see this staff do that with red shirts. These freshman offensive linemen, they think okay. they'll be a lot better in tw- you know 2027 than they would well, be in 2022. Play anyway, I mean, right, you know. <laughs> right. But you, there'll be some that that'll play up to the fourth game, and then they'll sit down with the coach and they'll. 
discuss it. Now, do you want, you know, and, and I don't think anybody would be red-shirted against his wishes, mm-hmm. but everybody knows what's best for himself in those situations. Now, there's a good example here with Keith Randolph. He played four year, or four games in 2019. The last game was the Michigan State game uh, where Illinois got bowl eligible, and then they shut Randolph down for the rest of the year. That's why this year he's a sophomore and not a junior, because he mm-hmm. took that red-shirt year in 2019. Now, as as the text was suggesting, does that mean anything? Is he going to be gone before he maxes out all right. those years? Maybe. And if he is going to be gone, then should they have played him in the final three games that year? Maybe. I mean, there's a, there's an argument for that. But with this staff, I think they're going to try to max out the – I mean, look what they just did with Michael Marques and Alex Palczewski. He's like they went out and said, hey, let's, let's petition the NCAA and see if we can get a sixth year before for these guys. Before you get off of the tight ends, you mentioned Marques. Mm-hmm. What do you see out of that position this year? Barker's gone. We don't know what's going on with Ford. He's been out now, but he's back apparently. And we've got a married guy, a, a former walk-on yep. from Dakotas, yep. uh, Ryman, who looks to me like a really good player, and, and he's saying all the right things, and they're saying all the right things about him. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be okay there? I think so. I, I'm a big believer in Tip Ryman. I think he's he's really good. and. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's, this is a year early. I mean, he you know he's only a sophomore. Maybe maybe you don't see that big jump forward until he's a junior. Um, I think the biggest question though is is how much is Barry Lunny? How is he going to use his tight ends? Because you know we saw it last year that that Tony Peterson really liked coming out. Well, let's go three tight ends on this package and let's run it and you know uh, let's let's try this, let's try that. If if Lonnie's like, no, nah, I like having three receivers on the field most of the time. I don't like any of these heavy tight end packages. Well, then it's you know less of a less of a need to have you know a deep rotation there. Let me play you what Chase Brown had to say uh, about the, uh, this. Uh, asked about you know that he saw a lot of guys in the box last year. This was his response. Well, I know I'm doing something right if they're loading the box, but you know, I think with the offense that we ran last year, we were we were condensed. We were in 12 personnel a lot, but I think what teams are going to be surprised this year is, you know, how we're able to stretch the field. Um, you know how, you know, loading the box probably isn't going to be the best idea for them. It's it's going to be a really good season, guys. I'm, I I can't wait for it. He he paused in there as well and I almost thought did you just say something you shouldn't have as if like before we uh, criticize and which we're going to do Peterson just remember that that jumbo package works at Penn State yeah 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 that's all that's all I'm saying that you know there were 11 people in the box there I I don't know that Chase was criticizing his offensive coordinator he was just saying we were in more obvious well, running he's, formation. He's saying this is better. Yeah. <laughs> I got that out of it. But, but yeah. they always say that before the season starts, yeah. too. Yes. Uh, so, I don't know. Do you take anything out of that? I do. I do. I, uh, You know, this is why practices were closed, right? This conver- this very conversation is why practices were closed. Um, because Wyoming coaches and Indiana coaches would be tuned in in some way, I mean, not listening to this show, but like trying to find out, hey, what does, are they running the UTSA offense? Or are they doing something a little different? Because we studied that UTSA film. We studied the Illinois film from last year. 
uh, is it a combination of those schemes? What are they doing? And they want that to be total surprise. So, you know, in a sense, that's why all this is all this is happening. But I think there is something to to be learned there. And you know, you played that clip what, after what I just said about uh, you know using the tight ends. It could just be that this is a different kind of scheme that they still are run heavy. But it's more like the run heavy, you know, you saw in a, in a different scheme that, you know, in this offense in Illinois' past versus this run heavy, you know, the way Ron Turner would try to go run heavy versus the way, you know, they would go run heavy with Juice and Mendenhall in 2007. You so, know, isn't it interesting, though? I've, I've been reading about other teams, and Minnesota is going to be run heavy, and they're, they're concerned about a veteran quarterback. Mm-hmm. Iowa is going to be run heavy, and they're really concerned about a veteran quarterback. I mean, how many teams are like that? Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, I don't know. Uh, they, I mean, at some point, the Big Ten West has kind of merged into one team. All but you know? Purdue. Right, exactly. Yes, you're right. The other six teams, I mean, Northwestern tried to be a little different, but now they're going back in the direction of like, ah, let's just be who we are. Um, so yeah, it's just such an interesting conference. It's such an interesting division in the conference, uh, because the brand of football is just so, so much different. Do you have, uh, uh, the, would you like to and can you stay through the break? I can. Because uh, I want to talk just for the sake of it, because that's what we do this time of year, a little bit about predictions. Uh, some have come across about the Big Ten, and, and maybe you'll give us a little bit of window into yours. Okay, okay. we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Facer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Sins, The Seven Deadly Sins That Can Wreck Your Life Plan. Join Thorpe Facer and Facer Law Office at the iHotel and Conference Center tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Reserve your space by calling Facer Law Office 337-1111. Also tomorrow, Battle of the Paddle. We will be there in downtown Champaign on Taylor Street for Hickory Point Bank's Battle of the Paddle to benefit the United Way of Champaign County and their early success, early grade level success initiative. Uh, a lot of Illini coaches will be stopping by as participants at the Battle of the Paddle and the table tennis tournament. We'll visit with Chester Frazier tomorrow, Shauna Green. Also, Martin O'Donnell is going to be there, as well as Brad Dancer, Evan Clark. It'll be a lot of fun. So I hope you can stop by, and more importantly, hope you can help out a good cause. Lauren Tate is here with me, Scott Beatty, Robert Rosenthal, as well, from IlliniBoard.com. Prediction time uh, for some. For others, they will hold off. Robert, you famously will, uh, twas the night before opening kickoff. Uh, before you will say anything, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. So so right now we are um, just going to hold you to between 0 and 12 wins for Illinois. I've, I do believe Illinois will win somewhere between 1 and 11 times. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you're yes. on record as not record. saying saying not, not 12. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, both, okay, I just CBS Sports panel of experts, for whatever that is worth to you, uh, has a unanimous consensus on Ohio State winning the Big Ten East. No surprise. Six out of seven predict Wisconsin to win the West. One, Dennis Dodd, will go with Iowa. Um, everybody, five out of seven predict Northwestern to finish last. And the other two select Illinois. Illinois does not get picked higher than five fifth by anybody 
but Tom Fornelli, who's an Illini fan, mm-hmm. uh, and he and he has Illinois at fifth ahead of Purdue. Well, as, um, oh, I am sorry, I just caught it. Brett Solly, I don't know your name. Brett um, has Illinois finishing second. Wow, interesting. Wisconsin, yeah. Illinois, Purdue is his top three in the Big Ten West. I don't know. I don't know where the basis of this. They just put it on a grid. So there you go. Here's how I answer, since I don't do my prediction till the night before the season because I'm dumb. Uh, here's how I talk about this season. So and I just wrote about this in, in that preview. Illinois got a lot better last year. They went from a two-win season to a five-win season. They nearly made a bowl. They beat Penn State. They beat Minnesota. Two ranked teams on the road. You know, it was a successful season. Four Big Ten wins, that's nothing to laugh at. So I went back and I looked at when is the last time Illinois had a get better season and then got even better the next year? And the answer is Uh 1988 to 1989. Uh, Makovic took over. He won, he took over a three win Mike White team. He won six games in 88 and then he won 10 games in 89. He, you know, his first two years were better and then way better. Everyone else, when you have that advance by more than three or three or more wins, you you get that year that Ron Turner in two th- in ninety nine. Hey, we won eight games. So we back to five the next year. See, that's Up exactly to 10 why games, the fans uh, have turned their backs yes. on Illinois. Yes, I mean I consider thirty five thousand turning their back. That means another thirty five are not out there that should be. Yep. And even though we couldn't seat seventy anymore, but right, I I just think that you know. Uh, if you if you build hopes, which is what you mm-hmm. explained, when mm-hmm. you have a good season, you build hopes, and then you shoot them down again. How many times can you do that before you just say, "Oh, I don't believe it"? That's yep. why it's going to take more than one year. Yep. So that's the opportunity that Brett Bielma has in front of him with this season. Five wins last year. You know, the only thing that's come close to this since eighty eight, eighty nine. Sorry, I, I think I said that wrong. It's eighty seven, eighty eight. Uh, yes. No, yeah, 88, 89. That's right. 87 was white. 88 mm-hmm. was Makovic's first right. year. So 88 and 89 were the two get better and then get even better. You know, Ron Zook did go six and six, two straight seasons in before he got fired, 2010 and 2011. But he but it was won, the, I, the, won the first six and lost the last season. Yes, again, exactly. Built hopes with six straight wins and then just killed yes. the hopes yes. with the like, six straight losses. Take out those last six. He w- yes. was winning two out of every three in those two years. But. So you have this advance. You have two wins in Lovey's final season, advanced to five wins last year in a decent season. If Brett Bielma can build on that and win more than five games, just six, just go six and six and get to a bowl, that's something Illinois fans haven't seen in 30-some years. You know? And that would just be the start. Yes, then yes. Then you'd have to get better from there. Correct. Correct, but that's the thing. That's the opportunity here. Is that six and six is about the most promising Illinois season. If you can go six and six in year two, building upon a good year in year one, then a lot of doors open with fans like, "Hey, maybe there's something here," and you know, you can start to see that momentum build. So, well, th- this maybe this is what uh, gets a guy like Barrett Sally Saley. Uh, to predict Illinois to finish second in the West, which, again, he's an outlier amongst this panel. But Jerry Palm, who was also on the panel, who does a lot of bracketology, but uh, does this, you know, they, they, they list their bold predictions for, for the year, and Jerry Palm says the Big Ten West will be a dogfight. Three losses will win it. I don't know that he's out on a limb there, 
but I do think that Illinois will be mathematically very much in it by the no time November starts. Mm-hmm. I just that's what I think, and I think I think we will be bandying about percentages or likelihoods that Illinois could in the scenarios that Illinois could win the Big Ten West when November starts. I do not believe they will win the Big Ten West. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan State stand in the way then, but yeah, Indiana stands in the way right now. Yep, you're not going anywhere if you don't beat Indiana. Yes. I just don't think Illinois is going to be out of a lot of games. Yeah, the big question is that stretch in the middle. Of, so, you know, say you do start four. Say you do win at Indiana and you beat Virginia at home. You beat Wyoming, you beat Chattanooga. So you start 4 0, and there's a lot of momentum. Well, then you go Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Michigan State, uh, Purdue, Michigan. Michigan. And then end with Northwestern. So that stretch between Wisconsin and Michigan, I mean, I don't, I'm right. Even if you start four and zero, you might not be favored in any of those seven games. Yep. Uh, depending on what Nebraska looks like, so you have seven games where you're, you know, you could start four and zero, and then the next seven games you're not favored. So that's that's the stretch that'll tell us everything. Those 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 seven games in there. Maybe you do beat Northwestern at the end. Maybe you beat Indiana at the beginning. But those seven games there in the middle that'll tell you everything. Hmm. All right, Robert. So your treatise, your preview is—is is it live? Yes, it is live. For it's those uh, who—who, uh, it, 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 it's a way to know you in a way that nothing else <laughs> yes. does. Yes, I get a little, yes. some personality does get in there, doesn't it? It yes. does. There's well, it's because it's like two a.m. and and too many cups of coffee, and I get a little <laughs> loopy, and I just start writing things that I don't remember the next day. But again, you don't have an editor, so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I do what I want. <laughs> uh, so that is at IlliniBoard.com, and of course, your season predictions will will start there, too. I always like your scouts also there on the on the board yes, uh, that you get contributors yes, help the, with. Craig, yeah, he, he does a great job doing that. All right. Um, we plan to talk to you most every Tuesday, so. Come rain or shine, we'll see you next week. Okay, sounds good. That's Robert Rosenthal at Illini on Twitter, IlliniBoard.com. Back in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Thanks to an alert listener for uh, pointing out that Barrett Sally had tweeted out his game-by-game prediction for every Big Ten team. And again, I I think this guy is more associated with the SEC, so... uh, But here it is, for what it's worth to you. He's the lone guy in this panel that gets Illinois to second in the West with a 5-4 overall Big Ten record. Win at home Wyoming. Win against Indiana. Loss to Virginia at home. A win over Chattanooga. That gets you 3-1. Lose on the road to Wisconsin. 3-2. Beat Iowa. Lose to Minnesota. Uh, Okay. Lose at Nebraska, beat Michigan State, beat Purdue. Lose to Michigan, beat Northwestern. That's one guy's projection. He's as good as anybody else's. That's right. Or worse. And and, and useless starting on Saturday because, right, that's. <laughs> I just hope Illinois is 1-0 next Sunday. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, you know. But, hey, that's what we'd like to do here. All right, Lauren, we'll see you tomorrow. Oh, uh, no, we will not see you tomorrow at Battle of the Panel. I'll see you Thursday. might see you downtown, but I'm not going to help you. You're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> WDWS Champaign-Urbana.